0: pod people hello hello we are back this is pod people's podcast for people who make podcasts and it's another community spotlight episode i'm rachel king the ceo here at pod people We're coming back strong with an episode highlighting the heart of pod people, our community. This time we're shining that spotlight on Jordan Gaspore. Much like many of you, her start in podcasts began in college radio. Starting at Texas State University in San Marcos, she went on to produce for the likes of Bloomberg, iHeartRadio, and NPR before eventually co-founding the women-led audio collective Local Switchboard NYC. She most recently joined CNN, where she was a producer on the daily Webby Award-winning podcast Coronavirus Fact versus Fiction with Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Which is not to be overshadowed by the fact that she also helped develop and launch the podcast Chasing Life, also with Dr. Gupta. You'll hear Tyler and Jordan dig into all of this and the differences between working for an audio unit at a network versus an audio production house, how her love of horror films spawned a fun side project, and her ongoing struggle to hit a work life balance. But we'll let Jordan share her story from the beginning, starting with that good old college radio.
1: I did college radio all four years that I was at the university. I was able to have my own podcast, or I guess how we defined a podcast back in 2008, right. um, which allowed me to do all kinds of great things. And I just fell head over heels in love with it and decided that was how I wanted to spend the rest of my life.
2: <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, did you listen to radio when you were younger? Did you have any like connection to audio or broadcasting? Or did this, this club just kind of open it up for you?
0: So I
1: had listened, not religiously or anything, and my household was not a radio household, but I had listened to KUT, which is the Austin NPR affiliate. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking that, you know, I thought the folks there sounded cool and they had KUTX, which is the music station, but I didn't necessarily want to do Audio or radio because of KUT. I didn't have experience or knowledge to to even, I think, make a decision like that. I didn't know what it took or the technical aspects of any of it until college radio and then learned more of the technical side of things.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So you've had a lot of cool jobs. You now work for CNN, and I want to talk about that, and I want to talk about Switchboard and your podcast, Pod of Madness, also. But before that, like, how did you get from that moment in college? Like, What happened from that moment to sort of where you are now with CNN? And I realize that's like a lot of things, but maybe you could walk us through just kind of what that journey looked like high level.
1: Yeah, so I think the turning point for me at KTSW was I had a podcast that talked about Texas independent film, and I was able to get that press badge to South by Film, all the film festivals, whatever, really enjoyed interviewing not necessarily, quote, famous people, but really enjoyed interviewing people in audio, having very loose conversations with them about film and that sort of connection that you make with people in audio. And it just was a great experience. So from there, you know, I I wanted to continue the conversation and I wanted to have conversations with people outside of Texas and have more creative conversations. And so I do think there's that through line from KTSW to CNN in the sense that I wanted to experiment. I wanted to do interesting things. I didn't want to get Mm -hmm. bored. And I wanted to continue conversations and talking to interesting people. Those are the the one, you know, handful of things, I guess, Mm -hmm. that have been the same throughout all of my varied, weird experiences in audio.
2: And you also had professional experiences, I think, at NPR and maybe Bloomberg also and some other places, right? Before CNN?
1: Yeah, yeah. I had interned and then I temped at NPR headquarters and that was after doing a short gig working at KUT after Mm -hmm. all the years of listening to it. Was able to work with him.
2: Okay, so now you work for CNN, which is obviously a very gigantic brand in the world of news and business and all kinds of things. And so I'm just always curious. Like I've met a few people who've worked there and like it's Seems to be very fast paced, very exciting. Um, And it also seems as though from afar that the audio arm of CNN is growing quite rapidly. So I would love to hear about your evolution there and kind of what you're working on now.
1: Yeah, so I started with the daily coronavirus show, Coronavirus Fact Versus Fiction, brought on after doing a stint at Bloomberg, helping with their daily coronavirus show. And as we were thinking about sunsetting the fact versus fiction show, planning ahead to the current iteration with Dr. Sanjay Gupta, which is called Chasing Life, and instead of a daily show, we're now a weekly show. It's thirty minutes instead of ten to fifteen minutes. Hmm. So things have slightly changed, but we have grown, like you said, which has been helpful to at least the Chasing Life department part of CNN Audio because now it's this longer longer show, but it is pretty fast paced. And as opposed to a daily where you're like always freaking out about things. I've never worked for a network before. This is the first time. And it is very interesting to see the differences between working for an audio unit at a network rather than an audio production house or something like NPR.
2: Yeah, can you tell me more about that? Like, What is unique about it?
1: Yeah, so one of the things that I found most unique is At least for the show I'm working on and the daily coronavirus show, it's very talent centric, talent Mm. first, Mm. because we're taking someone from broadcast from TV and putting them on a podcast. I'm used to the show being the focus. It's not necessarily the Mm. host, but it's the content or whatever theme. And the host is sort of secondary sometimes or, you know, their photo is not going to be on the logo of the show. And this time around, you know, it is the face is the host, not necessarily the content. And also the pace of things in the jargon is still different. People are very jargony still, but it's like, oh, a sot. And I'm like, I don't necessarily call that a a sot in sound on tape for podcasting. Or I'll say certain jargony things that they're like, what do you mean by that? So there's still... Still some learning. Yeah. And even the way we write scripts still is slightly different than what I'm used to.
2: Mm. Did you experience relief, I guess, is my question, when you switched from daily to weekly?
1: I actually preferred the daily format Mm. because I think also one of the things that, at least with us, it may be different at other daily shows, but other experience I've had, too, on daily shows, you as a producer are not necessarily working on every single episode Monday through Friday. Typically, you have still one to two episodes, and it's staggered who's dedicated to what episode. And so for me, with the quick turnaround that it helps me, I need Mm -hmm. someone to light a fire under me. I need to just get it done quickly, and I like just being able to to not have to sit and marinate in something like a weekly mm. show where sometimes, you know, when you're done with it, you just want to burn the script and you want to not <laughs> hear. And you're like, we have so many voices. It took so much time. I don't even want to hear this topic yes. anymore.
2: Yes. Are you saying there's not enough time to do that on a daily show? Or just like you're already to the next thing?
1: Yeah, I don't think that there's enough. I mean, there wasn't wasn't enough time ever to necessarily put all the voices i mean it's a it was a 10 minute you know typically yeah. 12 minute episode so mm-hmm. you know you really two three voices are going to mm-hmm. do just fine for that but a 30 yeah. minute show, you can have a lot more voices and make it a lot more sound rich, where then yeah. everyone starts nitpicking too, and it you know, <laughs> it's like put in another sound bed and let's yeah. put another voice
2: in there. Sat. We need some more sats. <laughs> we need some more sats. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it's very exciting what you all are doing over there. Congratulations on all the accolades and the growth. I see lots of job descriptions. It's exciting to see. And and yeah. So you are also the co-founder of Local Switchboard NYC. Would love to hear you tell me more about that and how it came about.
1: Yeah, so Local Switchboard NYC, we co-founded, well, I co-founded it with four other women three years ago. So I moved to New York City about three years ago and was looking for a space to make new friends in audio and collaborate with people. And one of our co-founders put out on the Laudio Lady Radio listserv. Hey, I want to start a local news podcast. We should have a meeting. Okay, show up at this meeting in Brooklyn to a place I had never been to before. And there were all these people there. And it just turned out there were a lot of a lot of women. No men showed up to this thing. And uh, come to find out, she had not just posted the call out on the Lady Radio listserv, but other listservs. Mm. So it was strange. Mm. I'm saying is that nothing but women showed mm. up to help create a, a local podcast. So we collaborated The folks that ended up staying with us, we collaborated with WBAI, which is a community radio station in Brooklyn. We did that for about a year. We had 30 minutes on Saturday mornings. I mean, nobody's really listening on Saturday morning, but they (laughs) gave us a chance on Saturday mornings airing our 30-minute episodes. And then we left after that year and have been independent since then and are still doing a local news podcast and the still the co-founders, Holden Strong, and we collaborate with community members. They don't have to be women. We say New Yorkers. We cover the five boroughs. And it's really about training people in audio production and journalism on the job. Hmm. So through our local news podcast... People are being trained in audio production and journalism, so being able to give a platform to folks in the community to cover their own community, you know, without having super high stakes, and also where they're, like, able to do some work and have a clip to take for a job interview or a job application. We've had some success. We've had a couple of people go on, and one person ended up working at WBAI after mm. working with us and other people going on being producers here there, and it's been nice to see people grow, so...
2: That's amazing, and we'll include the link in our show notes for all of the things that we talk about, especially local Switchboard NYC. Um, you also have this horror comedy podcast. What's the story with Pot of Madness?
1: Yeah, so right, I'm trying to reanimate the show because uh, it's been sort of dead for a while. Yeah, but I love horror. I, I'm a huge horror fan, and since I was a very small child, and people thought I was very weird in my small town in Texas. But I found that horror is not necessarily accessible to many folks, including women, that it can be difficult when I've gone to horror conventions, for instance, or going to you know even horror movie premieres, things to do with horror. There's a lot of men, mm. and it can get pretty intimidating. And when you don't necessarily dress a particular way or act a particular way, people might not be the most welcoming to you. Mm. There's a lot of people, every shape, size, color that enjoy horror. So I wanted to make the genre more accessible.
2: My husband loves horror movies and he watches like all of the really bad ones. And I'm like, I catch myself being judgmental sometimes, but like he really loves them. So it's fine. But what's your favorite horror movie? Favorite
1: horror movie is a movie called Reanimator directed by Stuart Gordon, who I absolutely adore. He is since deceased, but we share a birthday, August 11th. And I feel uh, very much a connection with this man who also did Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <sighs> if you look at his filmography, it is pretty varied.
2: I am reanimator.
1: And Jeffrey Combs, who is the lead in reanimator, I am only a little obsessed with. I went to go see him, uh, I guess, two Halloweens ago now, where he performed his Edgar Allan Poe production. Anyway, uh, in Terrytown. Yeah, wow. that was exciting.
2: <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> I'm looking at this movie now. 93% tomato meter. Oh my goodness.
1: I'm not the only one who <laughs> happens to find this movie one. amazing.
2: Okay, so you're working for this big, big company. You also have these two side projects. I'm sure you have other things going on too. And one of the things that comes up during these trying times is how do you do it all? How do you balance your life? You know, what recommendations maybe do you have for people who are similarly wired to you and interested in a lot of things?
1: Wow, what is work-life balance? Yes. Uh, I am probably the worst person to give advice (laughs) on anything having to do with work-life balance. I think first uh, versus, uh, what is it, acceptance? Knowing that you have a problem. Yes. um, And then moving forward from there. Mm. But no, I mean, you could talk to family members, friends of mine that I've had since I was a kid, people I've met in New York. And uh, yeah, I've had a really hard time Mm -hmm. for a very long time striking any sort of balance. Yeah. You know, I'm one of the people, too, who are like, you're going on vacation. Don't turn this into a work trip, Jordan. This is a vacation. Mm. Don't even think about story ideas and who you're going to interview while you're there. Just relax.
2: It's impossible, though, right? Because your imagination, it, it seems like you and I are similar in that, like, we're storytellers. So we're always thinking about things, right? So on vacation, there's a note for it, like on my notes app, you know, like I can just go over there and sort it out later, whereas I'm not... Hopefully answering emails, although not so great on that either.
1: Yes, exactly.
2: Okay, so the last question I have is really about advice that you would give for someone starting in audio. I know that you spend a lot of time thinking about training people to be able to do what you do at the local level, and I'm sure at CNN, and I'm sure throughout, it sounds like throughout your entire career, So we do, you know, some people who are listening to this might be just starting out. And I'm curious what kind of advice you would give them in this new audio universe that we're in.
1: Yeah. I mean, my number one piece of advice is to not be afraid to reach out to an audio producer or an audio creator that you like. And send them a message and see if you might be able to have a short conversation with them. You know, not necessarily, you know, you don't have to think super huge that obviously if you try to email Ira Glass, you're more than likely not going to get a reply or he more than likely is not going to talk to you on the phone. I don't know. He might be. What I'm saying is that maybe somebody that has a position that is local to you or somebody has, you know, more of, a, of an independent or, you know, podcast that you enjoy. Or I know there's plenty of folks even at CNN that are with the audio unit that would be happy to talk to people. But to have that conversation with them and to have those questions prepared hmm. and have that be your first step.
2: Such good advice. I think on the first part, I had another question, which was like, so I love that advice. I am like very annoying on that front from the very beginning of my time in college to now. Like if I'm interested in somebody or something, I will write them a, the emails have gotten shorter over time. But I, I think that's why I've been able to do the things that I've done. So I just feel like, I think a layer though that I would add to that for folks, maybe just myself, is like, don't ask for a job. Like that's not the point, right? The point is like to connect with them, to ask them as many questions as you're able to in the 15 minutes that you book with them. And, you know, you can try to build a relationship, certainly, but just like try to like set your expectations relatively low for like what you're getting from that person. Right. Does that feel fair?
1: Oh, that feels completely fair. And I think that coming at it from a more genuine perspective Mm -hmm. that you want to ask this person questions that you want to start a relationship with him like that and start the conversation instead of going at it as how can you get me a job how can i you know it should be a mutually beneficial relationship
2: yeah all right well thank you so much for all of this i am so excited to continue to watch your career grow and expand and i've loved talking to you
1: awesome well thanks tyler
0: Jordan's desire to experiment and her ability to have an interesting conversation with anyone about anything is what helps her to constantly find and create fascinating projects. Because just like in her own words, it's those handful of things that have been the same throughout all of her varied, weird experiences in audio. On next week's episode of Pod People's Podcast for People Who Make Podcasts, we have another Trends episode for you. Anne Fuse and I will interview Lindsay Patterson, the CEO and co-founder of the children's educational audio production company, Tumble Media. We'll talk about the trends in kid podcasts, how kids engage with audio differently than adults, and whether audio fiction is the future of children's podcasts. I think that we're going to see podcasts across all different subjects. We're seeing a lot of teachers also using podcasts. There's a lot of story podcasts. There's getting into like way more audio fiction, which kids love. The Pod People team is me, Rachel King, Ann Fuse, Matt Sav, Andrea Perez, Ashton Carter, Isabel Genius, Amy Machado, Alex Vicmanis, Jasmine Hammond, Danielle Roth, Sammy Reed, Stephanie Bishara, Brian Rivers, and Madison Lusby. This podcast is edited by Katie Cloxon and mixed engineered by Andy Bosnett. All links mentioned in this episode are, as always, listed in our show notes. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn to find out about new events and our projects and our featured community members. And if you're a community member, we have a private discussion platform called Circle where you can chat with each other, get resources, and hear about Pod People events and jobs. So get on it. If you're not a community member and you would like to be, you can join us by going to podpeople.com join. Send us an email at hello at podpeople.com if you have any questions. And stay weird, y'all.
2: So, like, I worked for WBEZ in Chicago for almost 10 years. But before that point, I did not even know what public radio was. I listened to, like, 90s country. And, like, I don't listen to country now. Actually, that's not true. I sometimes listen to 90s country to reminisce.